0: How are we all doing? Yeah? Enjoying summer. Oh, praise the Lord for air conditioning, though. Hello. like It's a bit easier to kind of bring people into the church this morning. I like, oh, it's so nice and cool. Anyone struggled to sleep last night? Oh, man. But it's, <laughs> but it's good. It's very good. It's cool to share, share with you. And... Um, uh, if you happen to get the email, then that means you're on, the, uh, you're on the list. If you didn't get the email during the week, then please let us know your contact details so that we can add you to the list. But if you did get the email, uh, you'd know that um, this morning I want to share a bit of a, a lesson from nature, and uh, that's a fairly generic sort of term, um, but there's something, something in particular that I've just uh, came across a little while ago and, and just thought that it had some great reference to to our faith. Uh, but before we get there, if you don't happen to know me, if you're visiting here, um, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, but uh, my wife, Rachel, is just over over yonder. And as soon as chocolate was mentioned, uh, Vic, my two kids, Ella and Annalise, both pricked up the, can we get chocolate? No, it's for the new people. But we're new. It's amazing how many times you can be new, right? Yeah. No, and uh, it's our real privilege just to be part of the family here and, uh, and to be coming on team uh, in February, just to lend a little bit of a hand for a couple of days a week. It's, um, it's a real honour. So thanks, Vic and Fran, for the opportunity and the, the chance to be able to share this morning. And let's pray and let's get into it. God, you're awesome. And uh, we thank you that you um, are here with us. God, we thank you for the, just the chance in our weeks to come and to reflect and to worship and to to reconnect with you. For some of us, this, this this summer period can be kind of we're out of routine, we're out of whack a little bit, and just that recentering that we have uh, to be able to come back into your presence to to honor you and glorify you, Lord God is is good. And Lord, I just pray in these next few minutes, Lord, that you'd use these words that I'm sharing, Lord God, that you'd speak to us. God, again, just open up our hearts to receive of you, receive of your word, receive of your kindness, and uh, thank you that you're here, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, yes, a slight admission about the whole nature thing. I uh, do enjoy a bit of nature, enjoy getting out there, and, and kind of associated with that, I, I really enjoy nature docos. You know, uh, like the classic, you know, big cat chases the antelope, the buffalo. Uh, you know, like, I, anybody else? Do I have any friends here? Oh, there's a few sheepishers. Rach just totally does not get it. She's always, you know, she's feeling sorry for the thing that's getting chased, right? But that's just the way that God made it. It's all right. You know, it happens. And uh, I, I, I like to kind of, you know i uh, have got a little few spare minutes, kind of flick through a few YouTube clips, or you know, watch a little a few nature docos. And I came across this particular clip uh, a little while back, and I want to show it to you in just a second um, because I think that I, I just the first time I saw it, I thought, man, that, that's really that really relates to life uh, and to our life of faith. And so uh, it's about the the wolves of Yellowstone National Park. So, Kevin, if we could uh, hit play on this little vid. Sit back, relax, enjoy.
1: One of the most exciting scientific findings of the past half-century has been the discovery of widespread trophic cascades. A trophic cascade is an ecological process which starts at the top of the food chain and tumbles all the way down to the bottom. And the classic example is what happened in the Yellowstone National Park in the United States when wolves were reintroduced in 1995. Now, we we all know that wolves kill various species of animals, but perhaps we're slightly less aware that they give life to many others. Before the wolves turned up, they'd been absent for 70 years, that the numbers of deer, because there was nothing to hunt them, had built up and built up in the Yellowstone Park, and despite efforts by humans to control them, they'd managed to reduce much of the vegetation there to almost nothing, they'd just grazed it away. But as soon as the wolves arrived, even though they were few in number, they started to have the most remarkable effects. First, of course, they killed some of the deer, but that wasn't the major thing. Much more significantly, they radically changed the behaviour of the deer. The deer started avoiding certain parts of the park, the places where they could be trapped most easily, particularly the valleys and the gorges. And immediately, those places started to regenerate. In some areas, the height of the trees quintupled in just six years bare valley sides quickly became forests of aspen and willow and cottonwood and as soon as that happened the birds started moving in the number of songbirds of migratory birds started to increase greatly the number of beavers started to increase because beavers like to, to eat the trees and beavers like wolves are ecosystem engineers they create niches for other species and the dams they built in the rivers Um, provided habitats for otters, and muskrats, and ducks, and fish, and reptiles, and amphibians. The wolves killed coyotes, and as a result of that, the number of rabbits and mice began to rise, which meant more hawks, more weasels, more foxes, more badgers. Ravens and bald eagles came down to feed on the carrion that the wolves had left. Bears fed on it too, and their population began to rise as well, partly also because there were more berries growing on the regenerating shrubs. And the bears reinforced the impact of the wolves by killing some of the calves of the deer. But here's where it gets really interesting. The wolves changed the behaviour of the rivers. They began to meander less. There was less... Erosion, the channels narrowed, more pools formed, more riffle sections, all of which were great for wildlife habitats, the rivers changed in response to the wolves. And the reason was that the regenerating forests stabilised the banks so that they collapsed less often, so that the rivers became more fixed in their course. Similarly, by driving the deer out of some places and the vegetation recovering on the valley sides there was a soil erosion because the vegetation stabilized that as well so the wolves small in number transform not just the ecosystem of the Yellowstone National Park this huge area of land but also its physical geography
0: Or get you to howl, or something like (laughs) something like that. Cool, that, eh? (laughs) As I watched that, I just thought, man, how true is that, or how true could it be? You know, if where where we we introduce or reintroduce one thing into our lives, and there's a huge flow down impact and effect. That happens in many others. This trophic cascade, if you like, in our lives of faith. You know, like they said with the wolves. You know, they may kill certain animals, but they give life to many more. Forest regenerated, birds increased, other animals like the beavers. And cute little scene, wasn't it, uh, where they in turn help to create other habitats for other animals. Flowing right down to the change of rivers. And is it possible that there could be something that uh, takes place within our own lives that one thing that that we would introduce that would be able to have the same or similar sort of impact for us? You know, a, a classic example would be, you know, you're giving of your money, right? So uh, we've just done the stationary drive, so maybe that, or you find a great cause to give to. And so you give of your money to the church or to World Vision or to the, A Girl Called Hope or, or some great cause, and you kill the opportunity to spend that money anywhere else, right? You can't then go down to the shop and spend the same, you know, X dollars. But you also give life to many other things. You, you give life to that organisation and the projects that they've got going on. Uh, but you also give life to something in your own heart, when you give generously, there is something that comes alive. That's not—it's not necessarily attached to the to the money. There's just something that that you've given life to, and and I don't think it's too much of a jump to to go to the point of actually, if we just do that little example in our own lives. That we would see life differently. We, we, we actually interact with the causes that we see around the place differently just because of killing one thing, you know? So we, we kill an opportunity in our lives, or we do something that robs from somewhere else, but we give life to other things. And I just simply want to ask you that question this morning, kind of in a, a spiritual trophic cascade way, I guess. You know, what, what is that one thing? as I ask myself the question, what is, that, what is that, that one thing in my life that could be added or reintroduced or re-added, so to speak, that would have that dramatic flow-down effect? In other words, what's your wolf? What's your wolf this morning? And really, that's, just the, main, that's the, the main question that I have for us especially at the start of a new year. You know, we've been in the summer series. You know, Vic started the year talking about your kingdom come. A grander theme than just a New Year's resolution or anything like that. It's this this thought that, In this next season of time, we want to see your kingdom come, God, to a new level. So if we want to outlive that in our own lives, what's the the one thing, what's the wolf that we could add into our own lives to see his kingdom come to a new level within our own world, right? What is that one thing? And... It'll be really varied for us, right? For everybody else in the room, it could be a revelation to carry. It could be something in particular that you want to see yourself actually take hold of to a new level. It could be something in terms of believing it for yourself. Maybe it could be an action or a habit that you want to see established within your own life that maybe you've been meaning to do it for a long time, but you actually just want to activate it and take that next step to see it take place. Maybe there's an attitude to change. Maybe there's been something or someone or a situation or something that's been going on that you've had a bit of an attitude towards and you know that actually it's just kind of holding you back rather than changing anything in a positive manner. Maybe that could be the wolf for you. Maybe it's to forgive someone. Maybe there's something that's been very real that's taken place and you need to get to that point of forgiving them. And that action of forgiving them, yes, will influence that particular relationship, but it will give life to much more in your world. Or maybe it's just simply that decision to let God into your world. Maybe the whole church thing, the whole God thing is a bit of a new concept for you. You've been kind of around the fringes, around the edges for a while, but you're kind of coming into this new season, and you know that the thing that will actually make the biggest change, the biggest flow down effect for you will be just making that step to just allow God into your heart. Maybe, maybe that's your wolf. And, and I kind of don't want us to get too caught, you know, like too caught in the idea, okay, well, this, I've got to find this one thing, and it's a lifelong one thing. <laughs> it's not really what I'm talking about this morning. I'm not even talking about a New Year's resolution, you know, like I'm just talking about in this particular season of time for you, for me. In six months' time, it might be different. Uh, last year, it might, might have been different. But in this particular season of time, what's that, what's that one thing that God's just, you just have that sense, God's just got his finger on a little bit, just nudging you towards. And he just, he wants you to take that step, that introduce that wolf, so to speak. I know that we normally talk about wolves in a negative context, you know, in our Christian journey, but wolves are good. After I saw this uh, little vid, and I was obviously kind of thinking along these lines and thinking for myself, and uh, I, I was thinking, okay, so do we see examples in Scripture where people have had this happen for them? Are there, uh, Are there characters that we see where there has been one particular thing that's that's suddenly made a huge change in the way that they've carried out their life. And, and as I started to think about it, there are many. We don't always have the full picture, right, of what's taking place for a particular Bible character. But, but what I thought would be cool to do just in a few minutes is just to, to talk about a few of them and the impact that that one sort of little moment had, perhaps to give us some more ideas of what those one things might be for us as well. Making sense? First guy I thought of, Nehemiah. Got to love Nehemiah. One of my fav- favorite uh, Bible characters. You know, he, had, he has this moment where he, he hears and sees the plight of the, peop- of the people. In Nehemiah 1, verse 3, They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And then verse 4, When I heard these things i sat down and wept for some days i mourned and fasted and prayed before the god of heaven you know for nehemiah he 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 gave himself a chance to really hear to really hear the, what the problem was and man if you're anything like me you just get a bit kind of overwhelmed with the bombardment of different causes and different plights that are going on, you know, in your Facebook news feed or wherever you find your news or, you know, watching TV, what it is, whatever, wherever it is, there's just this, this real regular flow of disasters which are going on. <laughs> and, and, and I just kind of get a bit overwhelmed and oversaturated with it and it just flows off. And you don't end up doing anything, you know? But for Nehemiah, he made a point of actually hearing what was really going on. And then he gave himself a chance to see it. So after being released from the king, going to Jerusalem, Nehemiah 2, 13 to 15, tells us that he snuck out during the night to really see the condition of the war. What was it really like? And it was after he had done this that then he addressed the people, began the task of seeing that wall rebuilt. And for that particular season of his life, it completely changed where the trajectory of his life went. It changed what he put his efforts into. It changed the way that he interacted with other people. It changed the, the very course of his life because of having that particular moment to hear and to see. Now, I'm not suggesting that we can get in behind every cause that we see come through our Facebook feed. But maybe for you, maybe for me, there is something. There is a particular cause. We've got a friend, uh, Annie, who's just heading back to Cambodia, and that's exactly what happened to her. She just took the time to to really look into what was taking place in Cambodia. And she thought, well, I can do something. My heart is moved to do something about this. And so her life looks completely different for this season of time because of that one particular moment of seeing, hearing what was going on. We don't need to be afraid of those things. It's just being open to the question, what is it? What could it be? Then I was thinking of Esther and her moment of belief. So Esther, uh, you know, appointed as the queen, position of power, privilege, but also opportunity. And and Mordecai, her cousin, comes to approaches her and explains the injustice and oppression of the people uh, and says that, you know what, you, Esther, can make a difference here. Uh, Esther 4, verse 14 to 16 says this for if you remain silent at this time relief and deliverance will come for the, will arise sorry from another place but you and your father's family will perish and who knows in these famous uh, words but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai: Go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, uh, night or day, and I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. You know, from that moment on, she has this dramatic change uh, in her life, and the trajectory of her life is this shift that takes place where she believed that she could actually do something in the midst of that situation. Perhaps for you, perhaps for me, it's just a belief. Maybe there's a a godly belief that needs to be rectified within your life, that actually choosing to believe that thing will change and have a dramatic impact, yes, on the immediate Circumstance, but actually on a whole lot else within your life as well. Maybe that belief of having authority in a particular situation or, or believing that you are truly loved by God, believing that what he's called you to do in this season, he will equip you to do it. Maybe there's just a belief. We're getting some ideas? <laughs> you know where this is leading, don't you? <laughs> I want to just create some space this morning where it's just a a really simple moment to be able to just ask yourself that question for you and just to allow this presence of God to just gently whisper into your ear. Then I was thinking about Peter. Love Peter. I've talked about Peter before and his encounter with Christ to see restoration come. You know, here he is, he's, he's denied Christ, and we see that scene of Jesus coming back to restore him. And we know from that point on, the way that Peter, uh, you know, invests into the early church, we know that it's not from a man who is condemned. We know that it's from a man who is restored, Maybe that wolf within your life is something of restoration. There has been a a level of brokenness. And actually, this season you want to step forward and see restoration begin to take place. Or even Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus just made a decision to want to see Jesus. (laughs) You know, he, he just he wanted to see who this guy was. He climbed up the tree, Jesus saw him, said, I'm coming to your place for dinner the rest of his life would have changed from that moment on, just simply because of a decision to want to find where Jesus was, to see this man that he had heard others talk about. Even when we look at the life of Christ himself, you know, there's, there's obviously a, a lot, uh, but there is definitely a recurring action that we see in Jesus' life. And, and Calvin talked about it uh, a couple of weeks back when he was talking about his lessons from youth camp, you know, and, uh, and just the, the idea of creating space for those moments with God. In Jesus' life, Luke 5 verse 16, for example, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus found places alone to pray it's simple and not very glamorous, but it's incredibly powerful. And I, I didn't think that it would be fair to talk like this and then not tell you what I thought my wolf was. <laughs> and I think that my wolf relates to this. Um, a little while back, uh, we got a, a chair uh, into our spare room slash study slash whatever room. And... Um, and I just sense the, the nudge of God to sit in that chair, <laughs> to, uh, to use it as a place to reflect, to connect with God, to pray, to read the Bible. Because I know that um, when I do that, a lot of life changes for me. And it's, uh, it's, it's more than a tick in the box. I had my quiet time. Thank you. I'm a good Christian, you know. It's that I, I know that when I do that, I'm kinder to Rach. I'm I'm a better dad to my kids. I I know that when I when I regularly connect with God in that manner, where I just allow the noise of life to just you know stop for a second. I I, I know that I make better decisions in my business. I, I know that I'm more creative in my in my solution finding to different situations that come up you know it's on the one hand i'm killing something i'm killing the time to do something else and but there is a flow down effect from it right there is a yes there is that particular moment but then it seems to influence so much i'm nicer to customers when i spend time in that chair you know, I, I'm, I'm more prepared to extend grace or mercy to other people when I sit in that chair. I like, God, I w- I, sometimes I wish it didn't kind of work like that. You know, like, like you just want to, you know, you want to connect with God on a Sunday and for the rest of life just to just be magic. But that's not the way that God works. He wants to be a regular part of our lives. He wants us to be. He wants to be embraced into our worlds as as a living, breathing part of it. Right, and so I know that for me, well, if I was honest with you, uh, I reckon my wolf for this particular season is that chair. So, what's your wolf? What's that thing at the top of the food chain for you? As varied as the people in the room will probably be the particular thing that you feel that nudge towards. Maybe it's exposing yourself to see and to hear like, Nehemiah did, or a belief like Esther, or a particular journey of restoration that you have like Peter, or taking the time to pray, or well, maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's a, a, a revelation, a, a habit, an action, an attitude, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a particular attitude to hold. I don't want to dictate or tell you what your thing is. I just want to stir you to be thinking in your own life, in your own journey with God. So what I thought would be cool to do this morning is, is uh, I'm going to ask Adele just to come uh, back up. Thanks, Adele. And uh, just to play quietly um, behind us. And I just want to give us some, some time, some space to be able to just interact with God for ourselves, just to stay seated. I'm, I'm actually not going to uh, invite people forward for a time of ministry. But if, you, if there is something particularly going on in your world, this, uh, that is always a, an, an opportunity or an, an open invitation that if there was something that you'd really love someone to stand with and pray for you, you know, this is, this is vineyard. This is, what, this is what we do. Uh, so please don't feel like you can't uh, come and do that. But I was just thinking in, in terms of this particular topic, I, it's for all of us, you know, and I don't mean to uh, make you uncomfortable if you're new here or anything like that. Uh, but I just wanted to just have that emphasis, I guess, on the fact that, you know, I want you engaged with this. I don't want this to just be for a, a few. This is, this is for all of us. So, so why don't we just bow our heads, just close our eyes just to have some, uh, some space. And as you just draw close to God in your own heart, in your own way, I want you to, as you identify that particular thing, I'd love you to start to imagine what life could be like. It, it might be a little thing from the outside. It could be a big thing, whatever. But imagine what life could be like. Imagine the relationships, the interactions, the, the potential flow-down effect Into other areas of your world. Spirit of God, would you just come right now? Speak to your people's hearts. Would you just stand with me for a second? God, we stand into a new season, into a new possibility, Lord God. We stand in a way of just saying, God, we don't want to just do a tick-in-the-box, clean Christian life. We want you We want to draw close to you. We want to journey with you, God. And, Lord, for these different areas within our own lives where we sense your nudge, sense your touch, God, give us the, the courage, the wisdom to walk forward and to activate those walls, so to speak, Lord. Thank you, God, for every person, for every journey, for every story. Lord, would you, in this next season, be an even bigger part—an even bigger part—of those stories? In Jesus' name. And I thought I'd just take a leaf out of Fran's books, <laughs> and uh, rather than sing together, would you, if you're comfortable, would you just, as we close, take a moment to? turn to the person next to you, maybe you're with a a wife or a husband or a friend or whatever, maybe a stranger, and why don't you just tell them what you sense that wolf might be uh, for you. And then out in the foyer, we've got tea and coffee, Uh, stay, relax, connect together, go out and enjoy the sunshine. You've been so good in church this morning that we're going to give you tomorrow off. An oldie, but a goodie. Thanks for being here. Why don't you... uh, Vic, is there anything else you wanted to say? That's cool. So if you're comfortable, just turn to the people around you. Why don't you tell them and then have a fantastic day.